Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome back to a brand new episode of Live Your Personal Best. So if you've been following along with the podcast for a little while now, you know that I've had a few episodes talking about being sober curious, being completely sober, you know, health benefits of it, just mental benefits of it, all of that. We, we've covered it in a few podcast episodes before. And so while I have not given up drinking completely, I have been trying to cut back, but I'm still, you know, a girl in my 20s who's going out. But instead of drinking, I have kind of turned to smoking, to taking edibles, using marijuana. It is legal where I am now in Boston. But with this change, I kept asking myself, I'm like, is this actually healthier for me, right? Like, am I just replacing one drug with another and I'm not actually making any positive switch. And so as I was asking myself this question, the reason that this was even coming up, I found that a lot of the things were just stereotypes. Like when you're high, you get the munchies or you become lazy and you lose all motivation. And so today's conversation, I am talking with Cameron Rogers. She's an influencer. You probably know her best as Freckled Foodie. And she recently decided to quit drinking but she has continued smoking. And so, you know, we just had a a candid conversation back and forth on the whys behind it and how it can actually support a healthy lifestyle. And it's vastly different than this culture that we have around drinking. You know, medical marijuana is how it started becoming legalized because it is also a medicinal drug. And so it's just an interesting conversation and one that, you know, we're not encouraging you to smoke if you don't want to. We're not trying to say you should do one thing or the other. But I just think that this is an interesting perspective on a healthy lifestyle that a lot of people don't talk about. Because a lot of people say that they live a healthy lifestyle, but they'll still get blacked out drunk. And if that's you, that's fine. Like I'm not judging anyone for that choice, but it's always interesting to me to see that as healthy, but maybe having one edible isn't healthy, right? And so I hope that you enjoy exploring this other side of wellness too. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, please be sure to share with a friend. Just send them a screenshot of it right now. Text it to your friend, roommate, anyone who you think might enjoy. And with that, let's get started. What's up and welcome to the Live Your Personal Best podcast. This is the place where I help current and former athletes like you to show up confidently in the gym and in life. I'm your host, Emily Kaufman, a former Division I athlete and author of Elite to Everyday Athlete. I'm going to show you how to stay motivated in reaching your goals and how to have more fun doing it. So let's sweat it out and start living your personal best. Cameron, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I love being a guest on podcasts. It's so much more relaxing. There's no pressure. Oh, good. And I love the topic that we're going to be talking about today. I know that recently you made the decision to quit drinking alcohol. 
So I'd love to just hear more about your journey with that. What led you to make this decision, all of that? So, okay, going way back, I have always had a healthy relationship with alcohol, in my opinion. Um, Yes, I definitely drank regularly, but I was not the person that was like, always getting drunk or had to be taken care of or was like the sloppy one in college. Um, I thoroughly enjoy the taste of alcohol. I enjoy the experience. I think it's like this leg of my meal. And I was raised in a house where it was very normalized, I guess. And I was allowed to drink at a younger age than 21 and all of those things. And so I always felt like I had a healthy relationship with it, but I do struggle with mental health, specifically with anxiety. And recently, over the past like five years, um, on the more like depressive side, and I've always felt jealous of people who didn't drink. Like when they said they didn't drink, I remember always feeling like, oh, I wish I could do that. And then I had this moment where, A, I thought, why am I jealous if that's an active decision? Like I understand being jealous of someone if they're like so tall and you want to be tall because that's not something you can change. But this is like a very specific thing that I am actually in charge of. So if I'm jealous of them, why wouldn't I just choose to do that? And B, it was when I became a mom that I would experience these days, whether I like had a real night out and went out to a bar or dinner with friends or a wedding. And I was actually hungover or just like had a glass of wine on the couch that just didn't sit well with me the next day. Parenting hungover is a form of torture. And once I started experiencing that, I found myself in those moments, like not wanting to mom. And I talk about that a lot. And I think that we all can experience that we love being a mom, but we don't always want to mom. But I just felt like if this were in my control, I want to want to do this because I really love being a mom and I want to do everything in my power to enjoy it as much as possible. So why am I actively choosing to do something that is making me not enjoy it? And I said to my husband, like, I just, I want to cut back a bit. Like, I think I'm just going to give it up for a bit. I thought I was going to give it up for like a week. And there's really no, this is, I don't know if this is a lifelong thing. Like I'm dealing with that with my therapist right now of like not trying to be so black and white. However, it's been, I think 80 days now. So longer than I ever would have imagined, but I feel better than ever. So I'm kind of like, why would I go back? Yeah, that's awesome to hear. So when you were pregnant and you had to stop drinking for those nine months, did you find yourself like really missing it and wanting to like jump right back in? Or was that kind of your first thought of like maybe being sober? No. And if, okay, if I felt great during my pregnancy, then maybe I'd be like, oh, this is wonderful. But I did not feel good during pregnancy on many levels. So there was no feeling of, wow, this is what life is like without drinking. I'm sure like, it helped me feel a certain way, but there was so much else going on that was not, you know, it was like that balance, what seesaw, like like so much other stuff was making me physically not feel well that I didn't attribute this. I'm not drinking. I feel great. And I really missed the, like the act of drinking and I craved the taste. But again, I was, I didn't drink for another period of my life. And this was after I had a bad concussion from an accident I was in. And that was for, I want to say, 
a few months, like definitely two months I was not drinking. And then maybe up to six months, I was like drinking way less, but that and pregnancy felt like it wasn't my decision. Ultimately. Yes, of course it is. Cause I'm deciding not to put the drink in my mouth, but it felt like it was taken from me because of something else. So that made me miss it more. Maybe this is like very much a decision that I just made. And so therefore I'm not like feeling that I'm missing out on something. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned too, you know, now you're able to kind of see the benefits of it. Whereas before it kind of was masked by a concussion or like pregnancy, you're like, I'm not going to notice the difference in that situation then. Right. And so you have given up drinking for the past 80 days, but I know that you've also been pretty open about not quitting marijuana. I would like to know kind of like your relationship with smoking before you got pregnant, during pregnancy, like, and now after, like, do you think it's changed at all now that you stopped drinking or has it been the same? Um, so before pregnancy, and I usually, I'll say the term like marijuana, cannabis, whatever I don't smoking sometimes, but I'm mainly taking edibles. So I don't totally align what just for context, when I use the terms, I'm usually saying cannabis or marijuana. Um, for me before pregnancy, it was something that I enjoyed. Yes. But it wasn't until probably three years or two years before pregnancy that I really started to enjoy it more. It was actually after my accident. I think that was when it all started because in college, when most of my friends were like partaking in it, I was on the lacrosse team and I was captain and I took our rules pretty seriously. And we had all signed off that we wouldn't smoke or do anything that had to do with marijuana. Um, but after my accident, I started to get really bad migraines. And so I actually got my medical marijuana license for like pain management. And I remember that's like really when I started dabbling with marijuana more in the sense of what a healing plant it can be and using it to help me sleep or help with headaches or the chronic pain that I was dealing with in the post-concussion like main months afterwards. That's when I really started to be like, oh, I actually really enjoy this pregnancy. I did not partake in it at all. And I also did not partake in it while I was breastfeeding. There's just not enough research that my doctor felt comfortable, like advising me to say yes. So it wasn't until after I stopped breastfeeding that I was able to enjoy it again. And the, the main difference when people ask me like, well, why are you comfortable with cannabis and not alcohols? I don't feel I have at all. And it, a problem with addiction with either of these things. I don't think I'm abusing them, but, and that's the main reason, but the reason I feel comfortable with cannabis and not alcohol is because I feel still great the next day. Like cannabis makes me happy when I'm enjoying it and I'm still happy the next day. And that's the bottom line difference. Like alcohol was impacting me negatively the next day. If something's not impacting me negatively, then I don't personally feel like there is a problem. Yeah. No, as you were saying, you know, like back to the lacrosse team, I was thinking back to, you know, I would get drug tested all the time in college too, being a college athlete. And I'm like, maybe that's why it took me so long to like be on board with like being okay smoking. Like I didn't get into it till like 25 because in my head, you know, if I wasn't allowed it as an athlete, I'm like, oh, it must be bad for my health. Right. When in reality, alcohol is probably worse. Yeah. I mean, alcohol absolutely, in my opinion, is worse. But I think there's also so much stigma around cannabis. And I talk about this in a few episodes on my podcast, but it's it's all 
historic and it's all mainly rooted in racism when you look at how we've decided that it's this bad thing that only certain people do and we're going to decide to make laws around it and lock up a certain race primarily like a lot of these stigmas are rooted in racism or ill intent things that like for me, I don't think there should be stigma around a plant when we've similarly, you mentioned that you read the book, quit like a woman, like she puts it so clearly that for some reason, society has decided that like abusing an actual poison is okay. It's really confusing when you read the book and then you take a step back. So for me, I, I feel no shame in my cannabis game, to be honest. I love that. Did you find that it was hard, though, you know, you're a big influencer online, like sharing that part of your life? Was that difficult? Or I know that because it's not legalized in New York yet, is it? It is. It's legal to use. It's just not legal to sell. So it's like they've made it very confusing on how to actually purchase it. Um Yes and no. Like people obviously people have opinions no matter what I'm going to do. And that's kind of where I just got to a place of being like, I'm just going to share my life because no matter what, if I'm really happy and sharing how happy I am, people are like, you're bragging and you're like so showy. If you're sad, then people are like, you're complaining all the time. Like no matter what spectrum of anything, someone's going to have an opinion. And I've slowly, but also quickly realized that you cannot please everyone on the internet. So why even try? So for me, if I'm comfortable with my decisions and the people whose opinions I care about are comfortable with them, then like, that's kind of the bottom line for me. Yes. There was definitely some pushback, but honestly, what I noticed more was that a lot of people also enjoy marijuana, but feel like they're not allowed to talk about it. And I do think there are extra stigmas that come as a mother. And like, that's something I have an issue with because mommy wine culture, quote unquote, is so heavily normalized, like to the point where there are products being made that is like, get mom her glass of wine or like it's mom wine time, like all of these things. And that to me is more confusing than someone just enjoying a plant that like helps them get through certain mental health struggles, whatever it might be. And I'm not proposing that like you're parenting your child stoned out of your mind whatsoever. Like that is a rule that I have personally set for myself. I do not partake in anything while I'm around Liam. That's just my personal thing. Like even with alcohol, I really did not enjoy the feeling of being around him or in his vicinity if I was even tipsy. Um, So for me, if I'm partaking in something that I'm still able to parent if I need to, but he's asleep, like I don't see the downside, but it's again, it's a touchy subject. And like even saying things, I'm constantly thinking like, Oh God, is that sounding right? Like it's people have a lot of opinions when it comes to moms and they love to speak their mind. I know I'm not a mom. So like, I can't judge from the outside looking in, but as you're mentioning, like the mom, drinking culture so one of my friends um her mom like her first picture with her mom is in the hospital bed she's holding the baby and then the other hand it's a ultra Michelob ultra because she's like I couldn't wait any longer and it's like a picture that they both really enjoy but it's so funny because I think that if you're to look at that same picture but with something with weed or as you mentioned like as you're parenting now like people just 
they go crazy about it. Crazy. And you said like people don't even talk about it. So I can literally speak from that experience. I am a big spicy margarita fan and I had my mom drop off our favorite takeout and they gave us my like it's one of my favorite cocktails. It's called Sweatpants Spider-Man from Fairfax and it's like a spicy tequila drink. And we had them in the hospital like that night. Had that been a joint or an edible, people would have been in uproar. And I know that. Um, so it is interesting, I think, for people to take a step back and be like, well, why was that? And I'm not saying what I did was actually right. Like looking back, it kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. But I do think it's maybe something that people can step back and take a look at and be like, oh, why was I so comfortable with that? But that one change would make me really judge the person. Yeah. No, something I think a lot about a lot because like I'm not completely sober now just like you I've gone through different periods I stopped drinking for nine months and now that I'm kind of you know like exploring my relationship with alcohol I'm also exploring the relationship with weed and it's like I feel uncomfortable no matter what I tell people (laughs) but yeah I'd um love to hear more about like do you consider like smoking as being able to be a part of a healthy lifestyle? Do you kind of see it more as being like a guilty pleasure of yours? Like how does that fit in? So I do not believe in the term guilty pleasure. Um, I get asked this a lot, actually, like what is your guilty pleasure? All of these things, because for me, I do not feel guilty about anything I'm doing consciously. I feel guilty if I, say something and it's misinterpreted or it hurts someone's feelings and I didn't mean to, that's when I feel guilty. If I'm doing something consciously, such as eating a food or enjoying an edible, like I do not feel guilty over that because I'm making that decision to do that. So for me, I view cannabis as absolutely a part of my like wellness journey. It helps me tremendously with my mental health. Like immensely with my mental health. And for me, I think that's a huge part of the wellness journey. I also think that it's derived from a plant. Like I don't view it as anything negative. And I know people definitely have different opinions on it, but for me, if it helps me be a happier, calmer, stress-free version of myself, then that is a hundred percent part of my wellness journey. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that so much because I think that a lot of times it gets the negative connotation too of, oh, well, when you're high, then you want to like eat more and then you eat junk food and all of this. And you're like, actually, no, like this is essential to my wellness journey. Well, so I also think, okay, I, I have a hot take on that. First and foremost, like when I say I'm taking an edible or smoking, whatever it might be, I'm not. Like, I think that society envisions when anyone is smoking or enjoying cannabis, this like completely stoned out, like person who can't do anything, doesn't have a job, lives on their couch. Like that's not at all the reality of cannabis. Many, many people who are very high functioning, high performing and successful people. I can speak from experience. I know these people enjoy cannabis and there are many ways to enjoy cannabis. And for me, I'm not like stoned out of my mind, unable to function when I'm enjoying it. I am a fully functioning human. I just feel a little lighter. And I think that the concept of munchies and eating all this junk food is also 
tied into this like stigma stereotype that's been built by media, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I almost think that like people are just eating the way that they want to eat without the inhibition of like their brain or what we've been sold by honestly, like a media diet culture telling them not to. And because I might be losing people here and like, I get that this is a little far-fetched, but honestly, because I don't set restrictions around what I want to eat and I eat when I'm hungry and I eat what I want to eat. Like I do not have those like munchies give me everything. I'm like, Oh, you're eating. I'm either hungry or I'm not hungry. And I eat a little bit or I eat a lot or I don't like it depends. I, I, I really believe that it's just people doing what they want to do because they're like inhibitions are down. I don't know what the correct terminology is. Yeah. It's almost like you're like, okay, my restrictions are down for this. Cause like here are my cravings, but it's just kind of like the cravings that you'd have naturally anyways. Right. It's just what your brain is telling you not to do for some reason during the day. Yeah. No, it's funny. Cause when my mind was kind of like switching around weed was my ex-boyfriend would always like take a hit and then go for like a 10 mile run. And I'm oh like, God. yeah, I was like, what do you mean? Like, I thought, you know, it meant you were like crashed on the couch for like the whole night because, you know, like that's what you'd see at all the college parties. Um, and it's like, oh, no, people like function very well on it. Yeah, I have a friend actually that she has she has a great account called Dope Kitchen and she'll like get high and make cooking videos and all these things. But she also actually does. I know this take and she talks about not like outing her. She will take edibles before she works out. I don't think I'm someone that would enjoy doing that personally. But like for me, similarly to like anti what we've been sold, these stereotypes, majority of my content is brainstormed and thought of after an edible at night, because that's when my mind like that it's when I am fully like relaxed, my mind is allowed to wander. I'm creative. I'm not trying to do 10,000 things at once. And I will like record myself these voice notes and the next day, like create that content. So for me, it's incredibly helpful with creativity. Oh, that's so interesting of the like voice notes. Well, otherwise I forget them. Like I have all these ideas at night and then well, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, oh, that's really productive of you if you make it while you're high. But no, you like. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I can't do later. it while I'm high, but I'll create the notes and video and like explain it to myself and then I'll listen to them the next day and then I create it. That's really smart. And then I um, I listened to one of your podcasts recently where you mentioned microdosing with mushrooms. Yeah, I don't feel like I know enough at all about the topic to like be a spokesperson on them, but I have done them twice. And what I will say is I really enjoyed the experience and I'm very interested in them. And I am trying to learn more about like people who are experiencing or experimenting with them for the mental health benefits, because I think that's something that is potentially going to be a big topic in the future, especially in the wellness industry. I've already seen it start to kind of form. Yeah. I've been starting to see a lot more of it too. And there's like the mushroom coffee, like they're trying to like bring it into more. What kind of piqued your interest of wanting to try it? I forget. Okay. So it started two years ago because I remember seeing it in articles. And I don't know if there was a specific podcast episode, it honestly seems so long ago now, but I was interested in the mental health 
aspect of it. And these kind of breakthroughs that people were having mentally. And I was really interested in it. I had this whole thing set up where I was going to do a full like journey and I had, you know, everything was ready. However, the world had different plans for me because I actually found out I was pregnant the day before. So that never happened. And then my entire pregnancy and like early postpartum, I was like, okay, once I'm in a place where I'm able to do this like safely, I want to try because I had them at that point. Um, so my interest was peaked a long time ago, but it took a while for me to actually like enjoy the experience. So you're just like thinking about it. You're like, okay, I had this plan. <laughs> yeah. But I also was still, I, again, like we said, I was seeing a lot more of it on different Instagram accounts, on different podcasts, um, articles. Like I do think that it's something that's going to be talked about more. Yeah, I think so too, especially as, you know, a lot of people are trying to create or not create, but just find solutions that work for them. That's more of like the holistic wellness or more of like the natural medicines. And so now, you know, a lot more people have like their medical marijuana card and they can like focus on that instead of maybe like first step being prescriptions. I think that's really interesting. I I hear a lot of more people talk about it too. Absolutely. I, I will be very, or I am very curious to like watch this entire thing unfold. Yeah. So do you have plans on like still trying to do it in the future or? Yeah. Yes. I want to do more research on the concept of like a microdosing program um, and what that would look like. But this specifically, I'm not sure how publicly real time I will share because this brings up even more opinions and I'm trying to set up boundaries for myself to protect my mental health. That is a good idea. Not listening to everyone's opinions. Well, I loved being able to just, you know, like candidly talk about it, you know, hear from another person who's like open about talking about like their usage with it and kind of how it's helped you with your mental health. Is there any one last piece of advice you'd love to leave everyone with today? I know I was like a big proponent of drugs, I guess, on this podcast. (laughs) But I also think that obviously taking care of your mental health is so important. And that can look like, as we've mentioned, it's so multifaceted. I would say to also look into options such as, you know, simple, free, non-drug focused things like meditating, journaling, getting outside, exercising, Um, things that are not free, but have helped me immensely are therapy and I am on antidepressant. So everyone has to do what works for them. But I think starting with the free, accessible, easy things is a great first step. Yeah, no, that is great advice. Where can people find you and your podcast and all of that? Everything is over on my Instagram. It's at Freckled Foodie. My podcast is Freckled Foodie and Friends, and it releases episodes every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.